Hey everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Down Roll. That's Will DM. Nope, that's Will DM. I'm Adam, and today we're talking about cornerstones of DM improv and how to be able to adapt to your group. There it is. It's a little self-help video for you today. Because we're assuming uh, you need it. Well. Is that right? Sure. <laughs> All I know is that I'm like, uh, you know, I, I, I'm on a lot of boards and a lot of chat things and whatnot. I tend to just kind of like, what do they call that? Not trolling, because that's where you're mean to people, but you kind of like lurk. I lurk no, a lot. lurking. I lurk. And every once in a while, like some, uh, you know, a topic. Is that like, so lurking it. is basically online stalking. Too, well, it's only online stalking. Do we find it just specific, as creepy? Put it in the chat. A specific person. See, I'm just lurking anybody on a specific So you're channel. stalking the world. Pretty much. Yeah, that's a good way of looking at it. Okay. No. <clears throat> no rhyme or reason. Well, you know, I like to, uh, like, I, I joined them at first to just get into some witty banter about some things, but mm -hmm. uh, I noticed more um, it's me just giving out my pretty useless advice to people similar to this show <laughs> yes exactly okay i get it so now while lurking in these boards you came up with the idea about improv dms yes yes because that's that's actually a pretty pretty uh hot topic there's lots of people because basically when you get on a lot of those things it's like uh, how do I do this? Uh, how do I do that? There um, are a lot of it, questions I've noticed. There are, but one of the things too, it's like I notice with a lot of them, besides the fact about improving in general as a DM or off the cuff or whatever the hell you want to call it, um, the uh, a lot of times I find myself going, well, it depends. It depends. I'm one of those kind of guys. It's like because you, you know, can't the, just give a straight answer, can you? No, I can't. I got. I got. I got to find it. Too talking point. Pick. <laughs> make a decision and stick with it. Yeah. So, but you know, and so that's what it always brings me back around too. Is like, well, you know, if, if you really hone your improv skills as a as a dungeon master, that helps a lot. And, so what does that uh, mean to be a, a an improv DM? Well, you have basically versus there's what the, the somebody who's who's just just goes by the book pre prepared, I guess would be what it would be. Well, so um, fair. Yeah. Although well, I'm gonna I'm gonna stop you there. Okay. Um, because I like pointing out when you're wrong. I think this is one of those times. So, <laughs> in the real world of improv. Yes. Well, you've got a bunch of people and you're on stage and you're doing, you know, making up little stories to make people laugh, like an upright citizens brigade, something yes. along those lines. Mm -hmm. There's actually a lot of preparation that goes into that. And there is with DM improv as well. So you now see you're hitting on the point. So now <laughs> explain the right way <laughs> what an improv <laughs> DM is. What an improv DM is somebody who has honed their skills and their backlog of material that they can use in multiple ways and multiple facets. Because that's really what DM improving is. Because, I mean, you can totally pull it all out of your ass. That's completely, you know, you can do that. Mm -hmm. But those who are really comfortable doing it, 
have a backlog of stuff. You've got a bunch of like maps that you've stockpiled. You've got a lot of like different, like s- small situations or sen- scenarios that you can use. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got a lot of NPCs. And if you don't have those actually already made up, what you have is you have the charts or the graphs or what have you that allow you to make them up on the fly, which are really, really popular today. And especially in the OSR movement. What and is those the OSR people, movement? What is that? The uh, old school renaissance. Um, that's the number one one I hear of. But it's uh, essentially. Is this another grognard or, thing? Yes, it is. It's an old school it. revival I is another it. way of saying it. Back in um, earlier renditions of Dungeons and Dragons and a lot of the role playing games, a lot of it was designed with being improv or off the cuff in mind mm-hmm. and they had lots of different charts and tables like for example uh i need to make a street gang so there's like a chart of a hundred different combinations of names you can roll up just to give you a name of street gang. they still have something like that on the dungeon master screen they do they do but those are the types of tools that you need to um uh, to use if you're going to be good at improv and basically what good at improv means is comfortable comfortable with being able to do it lots of dms when they're when they're uh dming um especially when they're new they're very nervous with it because you know i don't want to fuck up i want it to be good Mm -hmm. you know fortunately when you like me that was never really an issue i don't care if i suck (laughs) no that's Uh, yeah we've we've we've, we've, yeah we can tell (laughs) but when you're comfortable with being able to use those tools to build filler or build on the spot stuff or mechanics. So you're right in saying that there's a lot of prep, but it's a type of prep that you can do at any time. You mm-hmm. can just do it. And it's something that you can always go back to and use again. When you're prepping a linear uh, adventure, uh, you're prepping it for these specific events are going on. This will trigger this. These specific individual NPCs are in there. And a lot of times that sort of stuff doesn't get reused or it's so formulated that it's really hard to take it and drop it into something. Say, for example, if you're running a desert-themed uh, uh, campaign and then like a couple years later, uh, you've got something where you're like uh, just off the cuff improv something that's in the jungle. A lot of people would think that they can't take that sort of stuff that they had that was prepped for the dead. Or maybe it's not because there would be just way too much work involved in changing out some of the monsters or whatever. So all that work that you did for that can't really be reused as easily or as often or at all later on. If you have a stockpile of this information and these different things, you can use that whenever. So why would you be an improv DM or just use it as one of the tools in your toolbox? Depends on, one, the type of campaign you're running. Uh, West March's campaigns are popular. I don't know popular. what that means. I'll shall explain it. Uh, what a West March's campaign is is a drop-in, drop-out uh, campaign. As in, uh, you don't know who's going to show up at the table. Mm-hmm. So, like, it could be a regular game, and it could be a number of different people that show up. So you're, it's going to change with every sit-down to the adventure, right? So, and in these regards, in those kind of games, it's super important to be able to have those types of tools available to, to uh, 
be able to run the game and run it properly. Do all DMs need to use that? No, because some DMs are, you know, they've got all that stuff already, you know, locked away and they just come up with it right off the top of their head. Um, I'm not that great with that. I, I prefer to have different types of um, uh, uh, resources available. Like a real good one is just an example is coming up with names. Now, sometimes depending on how it is, uh, I have a little trick and the trick is, is like, I will have the um, fantasy uh, name generators, the actual name of the uh, like website. Mm -hmm. uh, I would have that, like if I'm doing it and have my computer open, I'll have that open on there so that I can reference it and then grab a name, which is really good if you're doing a specific mm. area. Like when I do Tales of the Savage Land, there's a lot of different types of ethnic groups that are around. So I have those tied to different types of ethnic groups and backgrounds that are mirrored from real life ones. So I bring those up. So, and then I pull those names out of there and they'll have that flavor and that sound. So it's not like, you know, this is your Aboriginal guy from a long lost continent. His and his name, name is, Chuck. is Chuck. Exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, but I also use that as a tool mm -hmm. as well to give it like a little tip of the hat to the, to the players. If they meet an NPC and the NPC, if I take the time to give them a name or if that NPC already has a name, you can pretty much guess that there's something about him that's important. Now, I if thought I you say, were just supposed to immediately kill all NPCs. Well, that's you. And then you wonder uh, why you die all the time. But <laughs> uh, uh, there's but, a connection, is there? There a little bit, Weird. but if if you're running out and let's say, um, you know, the, the party meets like some Aboriginal guy from a dark continent, and they're like, "Oh, hey," so uh, like you know, and they're communicating with him some kind of way, and they're like, "What's your name?" And if I drop, he say, "Well, I don't know, his name's Chuck or something like that." That's like a little like indication that I just give to the players, like this guy doesn't mean anything. Don't waste your time on him. It's sort of like a little tip of the hat because you see little memes about that all the time. You know, you know, it's like well-designed uh, adventure over here and then a uh, simple NPC I just whipped up over here and it's right. just the party all over that So guy. now I'm going to get to the actual answer to the question. Oh, okay. <laughs> that was a good segue. <laughs> to get, uh, yeah. The uh, answer is, is that you use... This improv, because you, you've already got something set up, unless you're completely going off the cuff altogether, which means you're just lazy. Um, but that good? I guess. Well, yeah. you're then you're a true improv DM. Total yeah, improv DM. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, but most people, they start with an idea, or they start with a adventure, published adventure, um, and they've got everything planned out. The improv comes when the party ignores and or kills the, the named NPC Correct. and spends all of their time with the one that you just made up because they didn't get the fact that it wasn't he wasn't important or she wasn't Correct. important. Correct. Or, or let's say you're, you're working and you're in this, you're in a regular adventure. Okay, it's, mm -hmm. things are going along, things are great, and you're at a key juncture, and a key player can't show up that night for whatever the reason. Mm -hmm. So you can't really progress forward, and this is where they talk about the side quest. You know what I mean? Something like a or just filler. do what we do and keep Jarrus on the boat. 
There you go. <laughs> well, I that's because I have faith in your guys' firepower and I'm trying to kill you. But, you know, so, uh, you know, this is where the improv stuff will come in with that because you, you need these tools at the ready and available so that you can go, well, shit, because maybe it was like last minute. You didn't know. Something mm-hmm. just came up. Um, so it's like, okay, well, what are we going to do? You know, and what's what's the DM going to do? Those are the things that give DMs fits. And if you have a lot of these things already at the ready, then it's a lot easier to do that improv. And one of the things, and this is, I, I thought you were going to go this way with it. I'll probably get in there. Yeah. Well, uh, do, 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 do you have? Okay. So go ahead. I have but, more questions. Okay. So uh, like you say, improv also is give and take. Right. Okay, so one of the things and one of the key things to make it so much easier on you as the dungeon master when you're doing this is get the feedback from the players Mm -hmm. and then play off of that. Right. So what are the two most important tenets of improv? Two most important tenets of improv. One, I would say, is don't worry about it not working. Um. I, sort of, yeah. You're on the right track. And then uh, never say no. Right, is, that's definitely one. Well, it's yes and. Yes and, correct. So, but it's the same. It's the same type of thing. And again, with 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 something like this where you've got a game, you know, there's obviously some limitations to that. But let the you know sort of let the players guide you, especially when you're you know when when you're you're going off the cuff or things have gotten way out of the way of the, um, you know, whatever the published adventure was or whatever your original idea was, use that, you know, to continue that storyline. And it also buys you time to figure out how to get everybody back on track. Yes. The most important one, though, is listening. What? Exactly. (laughs) And that's your problem. Uh, Yeah. Um. And again, I think you know sometimes um, it's not even necessarily a getting the game off of tr- off track or you know or whatever. It's sometimes you know if the the players you know sometimes will want to take a story in a different direction than you intended, yes. mm-hmm. and instead of railroading them into your you know your story, let that play out for a little bit. You can again, mm-hmm. you can always come back to you know, to the original plan, but let that play out because if that's where the players want to go, then ultimately it's probably going to be a fun session. Even if it's all just, you know, made up um, on the fly based on, you know, some nutty ideas that the other, the players had. Yeah. 100%. And I got to say that's, if there's one of the things that um, I constantly am reminding myself, it's like, no, don't worry about it. We can get back to that. Because I'll do that, like in my regular prep, I'll put something together and then I have, you know, it's like I got a laser pointer on that and then things start deviating. And I find as a DM, I'm constantly in the back of my head going, because the first reaction is, oh, no, you know, and then I got to tell myself, I'll calm the hell down, (laughs) you know, and just just roll with it, go with it, because everything will eventually come back around to your main point if it's meant to be, Mm -hmm. because if it let's put it this way if what you devised is better than what what ends up happening great if what ends up happening is better than what you devised that's the route you should go anyway Mm -hmm. yeah and i you know i've used the example of the 
because I don't DM often, if ever. Um, I was about to say, it was like, what, three times? No, that's right, I, a month. I No, that was like eight <laughs> months, asshole. Oh, oh, eight months, my bad. <laughs> and then I got bored of it. Um, but doing, um, what was it, Murder in Baldur's Gate or something along those things. It was one mm-hmm. of the, it was the D&D Next. It was the first D&D Next adventure that they came out with because we right. don't call them modules anymore, I've learned. Um, I do. And um, so going through that, you know, my players clearly wanted to have more combat than there was in the actual um, story. Yes. Line. So, yes. you know, and it was and it was clear that they didn't want, which was weird, but they didn't want to kill all of the NPCs. That is actually awesome. Yeah. Now they actually, unfortunately, it's refreshing, by decisions it's refreshing that, for me. By decisions that they made had <laughs> had people that they liked <laughs> murdered because right. they made bad decisions in other cases. <laughs> but still, but they so but they wanted to fight something. And there really right. isn't a lot of fighting until the very end. Well, the very right. beginning and the very end. In in the middle, it's it's really just all role play. But this wasn't mm-hmm. that kind of group. And I didn't know yeah. these people going into it. So I had to listen to yep. you know to to what it was that they were saying and what it is they were doing and follow I, I followed their lead for a while because yes. again I mean and this is why what should be maybe a two session um, at tops uh, adventure um, turned into eight months of just that adventure because we you know we just a lot of it we 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 made up on the fly and then once i got comfortable with their style of play then it was mm-hmm. easy for me to prep each session you know and right. find ways to put combat in where there wasn't um, already yes. without compromising the story yeah i find too that this type of uh question or these types of fears are and as it should be is predominant amongst new dungeon masters, which is, mm-hmm. of course, that's way the way it's going to be. Sure. You know, if you've been doing it for a while, you get into your own grooves, you have your own habits, and so or forth. you're like me, so. you're just a fucking natural. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's why that it was like eight months of perfection. Drop the mic, I'm done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, never talk be, to, never talk to me again. That's right. I said it can't be duplicated. Don't even ask. Yeah. <laughs> but I yeah, had it's a lot a, more to do. I just didn't really like the people that I was playing. With. That's what you were saying. Yeah, the um, thought that they were bad people. They were very nice people. Just, no, well, yeah, that's that's a common misconception too. Is that that people think that if if somebody doesn't mix or drive well with yeah. your style of play, you're you're. People take this really personally because yeah. it it is such a personal thing. Sure. People don't realize just how personal the connection of role it playing is. is. I think and so you when, really learn about people by playing these types of games. Fuck yeah, you do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, but that's the thing. It's like you know, if if and when you have these things pop up, uh, don't be afraid to to improv you know improvise on the fly and don't be afraid that you're going to whatever you come up with doesn't work because if it doesn't work it doesn't work and then you just change it or you move it around or you do something different or you you do the dreaded retcon you know it's like all right that was stupid we're gonna throw that whole lot let's say it starts you know as long as everybody's on board pretty rare though i don't even think it should be it is it is so now can players help you become a better improv dm and how would they do yes. that? yes exactly um they do it 
by um, going along. And this is something I've talked into uh, about before. It's called player buy-in. Mm-hmm. And um, players have an obligation to the story just as much as the dungeon master does. Sure. So if if now you need to find players that are going to help more you with that point to the dungeon masters out there in many cases, but there oh, are yeah, players too. Like again, like a lot of the players that I you know that when I DM'd thought that I was just there to entertain them. Yes. <laughs> Luckily for them, they got the right guy. But <laughs> <laughs> after a while, it wasn't fun for me. But anyway, continue your point. So the, so the players have to buy in, and they're helping tell the story. They help tell the story, and basically what it is, it's like you were saying, it's the yes and part of it. Mm-hmm. So what you do is you're you're taking their uh, uh, their suggestions uh, and their ideas and incorporating them and seeing how well that works. Let's put it this way. If you generally have a knee-jerk reaction of running a specific type of thing a certain way and uh, players have a different idea, that's great. So what you should do is you should ask a lot of questions. Ask your players questions. It's like one thing that I do a lot is like, well, what is that like? Or how do you do that? Or, you know, asking them to explain the situation, asking them to come up with the idea. Um, They do it a lot with flavor as in, so what does your spell look like? You know, Mm -hmm. what is that? What happens when you do that? But do it even more than that. Let's say, for example, um, there, there's the parties going up to the gates of a palace to talk to the guards to try and schmooze, buy their way in, intimidate, whatever, and ask them. It's like, so what do you guys think that general attitude of the guards of this city would be like? I mean, you've spent some time here, or you know, it's got a reputation for being like a very militaristic type of city. How do you guys think they should act? You know, and there's nothing wrong with that because for one, you're gonna. You're going you're gonna, to uh, clue yourself into how the party's thinking and get on board with them to help run it better. And you're going to cause them to think about the situation. And as they think about the situation, they're going to get more into the situation itself as well. No, because they'll be like... up some control. Yes, yes. The, the, I often say the DM is not the road. He's just the guy who's uh, directing the traffic. Okay. So I've now you might say that you have a couple of different directions. Well, I don't have to use it with you. You got a couple of different, uh, uh, like, say, intersecting streets, right? Mm-hmm. And there's cars on both of them. And you have to take turns you know, letting different ones go at different times and whatnot. And you take a look and see what one's building up you know more it needs the attention and stuff and that's pretty much what the dungeon master does you know granted you get some other perks like coming up with the npcs and stuff like that and that backup and that traffic is basically the desire and the intents of the players and what they're looking to do and things along those lines are imp in your opinion in your humble opinion very humble are improv games better than or worse than non-improv games um i'd have to say i personally think they're about the same of course you do because you don't like to make a decision yeah i'm wishy-washy like that (laughs) well no because there's 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 advantages to both and i think um i think the the best is when you, you meld the two together 
to tell you the truth. I That's think you have to, to in many cases. And yeah, we've kind of talked about do. this in the past on past shows that, you know, you don't want to get too raw. Yes. Rules as written. No, <laughs> and, you, <don't>. um, <laughs> you know, you want a little give and take. You do. You do. And you want yeah. everybody involved. You do. <laughs> to get a piece of the action. I'm not biting. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, I see where you're going, and I'm not following. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a shame. Yeah, I anyway, I agree. You need a little bit of both. A little bit of both. Mm-hmm. So what tools can make me a better improv DM? Um, it's like I was saying, there are a ton of random generated charts that you can get your hands on. Where would I find these charts? Uh, well, there's tons of people looking to sell them to you. What? Say, yes, they're looking to sell them to you on like, uh, um, whatchamacallit, uh, Dang it. Uh, Drive through RPG. That's the one I was trying to think of. Okay. Uh, and, and places like that. DM's Guild is another one. D- yeah. Drive yep. through RPG and or DM's Guild if you'd like to be a sponsor. What he said. And they're, that's okay, provided they're not looking to charge you an arm and a leg for these things. That would but be an excessive get... price. Right. <laughs> but the. Uh... something that I'm sure isn't that great. <laughs> You can find an absolute shit. If someone's going to if someone is going to try to get me to pay for their amateur bullshit and they uh, want physical limbs, it's not going to happen. Limbs. Not yeah. going to happen. Yeah. They might be disappointed in the limbs. I'm, I'm What? <laughs> limbs. No, you as many I see I see you sh- in shorts all the time. You have nice legs. But... I do. I've always been a leg man. <laughs> there you go. But you can go online and you can find a ton of this stuff. Look up, um, just start uh, thinking of specifics as far as what you want the charts to be about. So mm-hmm. say like if you want um, uh, uh, a town generation, there's other, there's tons of websites too. There's like um, Dungeon, D-O-N-J-U-N, I think it is, uh, which has tons of charts. Uh, the glittering... Um, a glittering shop, or I forget what the hell that it's a really cool name, and of course, I forgot it. So, but just Google DM or this Dungeon is you improv the question about tools. There was no preparation yes. involved here. You, there you go, right? So, uh, <laughs> Google, baby, <laughs> there's my answer. <laughs> but yeah, go on, go online and start Googling Dungeon Master aids or uh. Uh, small city uh, generator uh, charts and things along these lines. And you're going to get a ton of stuff that you can download different types of websites that you can log into. Like I was saying earlier about the fantasy name generators and all, I mean, they have so much on that name generator thing. If you can think of it, they probably got a name generator for it. And I mean, just uh, there's tons of stuff. So what you need to start doing is, you know, start going out, finding it, downloading it, even print, you know, print it out if you want. If you're a tactile kind of guy like I am, you know, print it out and start making a book of basically your improv book. And so that you can take it with you wherever you need to go and whatever's happening, you can just find something and randomly generate something up. And like I said, with the rise of the OSR movement, the, uh, what is it again? You you don't remember either. Old shitty reprisals no old school renaissance or old school revival that was um, close. yeah not even but anyway so you know 
because with the with the with that with the popularity of that coming around in that uh, those types of games, there's a ton of that stuff out there, and there's a ton of things that you can find on uh, Lulu and you know, like I said, drive through Lulu.com. Yes, which the they website. have. They, yes, they have tons of stuff on there too. You, it, it takes some. But those are things you have to buy. There. Correct. Those are things you have to buy, and then there's tons of websites. So you know, sit down, uh, invest a couple of hours, and you will literally trust me. With a couple of hours in of just looking and, and downloading, you will find a grip of stuff, a ton of it. So, and just have that available and on hand when you need it. And the other thing to have, and, and this is generally this is never a problem, is you have um, the monster stat blocks. Depending on the system you have, uh, you might want to make sure that you have available all the monsters that you might need. Another thing I would suggest is have your favorites. What monsters do you like to run? What situ- situations or scenarios will you are you think are fun to run particular types of monsters in? You know what monsters I love dead ones well yes as a player yeah <laughs> as a dm <laughs> uh kobolds no i fucking hate kobolds are useless. Ah, kobolds are my faves i know i, I don't understand it you like They're little awesome. things that's probably it i do like little things i like halflings too halflings yeah exactly awesome. yeah deep scions what the hell is a deep scion what that's gonna be that's it's gonna be in... some kind of fifth edition bullshit i'm it old is. school i'm a grognard i don't know what no no deep scion it's in i think <laughs> volo's guide to monsters oh volo's guide okay deep scion yeah they are I'm, cool i'm sure they've been around I'm i just... tried to kill the entire party that i <laughs> <laughs> had that work out. With them. work out honestly they would have died but we we never finished that <laughs> oh, gotcha <laughs> that piece of it yeah, yeah. they're crazy man check them no. out all right, I'll have to. I'm surprised that. we haven't seen any in this underwater adventure that we've uh, been in. Well, I'm going to go dig one up now and throw it in there with the Sahawagan. They're fucking tough, move. dude. Be- and I Excellent. and, I, and I, I I attacked a ship with like 25 of them. Nice. Well, let's put it this way. I plan on killing you guys all in the next adventure. So. Oh, all right. Well, good to know. <laughs> anyway, <Not just> you. <laughs> no, that's nice to know. And that was I was yeah. being serious that we're all going down together. Yes, as friends, the way friends friends should. That's the way it should. Suicide packs, isn't that what we? We're not what we're not. We're not supposed to. Hold on. No, we're not supposed to. I'm getting. I'm getting. (laughs) I'm getting a feed from the (laughs) producer saying that we're not supposed to uh, promote that anymore. No. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm surprised you. I'm surprised you needed a producer to tell you that. (laughs) Yeah. So anyway, what do you guys think about improving as a dungeon master or game master? If this is not your game of choice, um, mm-hmm. put it down in the comments, man. What did what did Will get wrong? Lots. Tell us about that too. Yeah, I love reveling in Will's mistakes. Yeah, personally. he does. I I make a ton of them. I keep making the damn mistake with. <laughs> With what your bucket? Um, uh, uh, attacks of opportunity. I keep it like, I'm gonna no, damn it. Yeah, <laughs> I want them to just attack. I know, but they can't. Because <laughs> uh, like, it doesn't make sense to me. That's all there is to it. It's it's built into my mind. Yeah, you, you know, want I, an attack I wanted... of opportunity ever, for those who don't know who, um, for some reason, haven't been watching uh, Greyhawk Adventures: Colon Ghost of Saltmarsh. 
every time a character walks next to a monster, he wants that monster to get an attack of opportunity. Every well, time. in certain situations, when every time he wants, not that. every time, every single time, but a lot more often than I need to. And it's like as soon as I say it, I know I can't. You do did it, it like, like three times. Alone I did it in the three times episode. the last episode. I know, right? I was like, "Oh, he's going to attack opportunity." You, I'm like, well, no, no he can't. Not. Yeah, because you're staying right there. Because that, you know, that's the stupidest rule in the world. Where you got, it's like, okay, attack opportunities. Only if you're running away from me. If you if you move into my into my threat range, I'm like, hey, it's cool. I'll wait my turn. I'll wait my turn. That makes no sense. <laughs> Them's the but rules. I, but I play by the rules. And we're playing keep, raw tonight, baby. <laughs> to keep the players happy. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> all right. Good night. For Will night. DM, I'm Adam. Check us out on all the other stuff. There's going to be a little thing that says all the other stuff after this. Yeah. Read it. And then watch the other stuff because there's some good stuff there. Good stuff. And uh, we will check you out next week on another edition of The Down Roll. Down Roll, baby. (laughs) Bye. Bye.